Okay, I don't know if anyone hear me this morning. Good morning, everyone, again, and, and welcome uh, again to CLF Midway. Uh, privileged to be here with you and, and to share the word. Um, I just want to pray this morning. Um, I didn't really sleep <laughs> after, I mean, I didn't really sleep uh, last night. Um, I felt like I was bombarded from, from a word that the Lord really wanted me to share and it's been coming on last night, coming on this morning. Uh, and then uh, tonight, keep saying it, keep saying it. So I will try uh, the best that I can. And I just want us to pray, uh, just invite the Lord into our midst. So Father, we thank you this morning. Um, really, Lord, we just want to give you grace. We want to give you honor. We want to give you praises for truly for, not only for what you've done in our life or what you're doing or what you're about to do, but truly for who you are, Lord. We're here because of you, Lord, and we worship you because of who you are. And Lord, I just want to commit each one of us, Lord, to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, that you will use me as your mouth speak, to speak your word and your word only. Lord, anoint this time and anoint the people that will receive that word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I just wanted to finish very uh, quickly on what I've been touching over the last few months in terms of the uh, coming revival that will come, uh, that will take place very soon. And over the last few weeks, we looked into the positioning and the preparation um, in the midst of this. And don't know if you guys remember, but we looked and we said that the Lord has always prepared his people for the empowerment of his, for, of his spirit. And we look into Moses, we look into the life of David, we look into Jesus, Jesus and the early church as well. And one of the things that I mentioned last time was that in order for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that preparation that was needed, first of all, we needed to live in a place of repentance. And Repentance is not just for the unbelievers, but it was also specifically for the believers. So we have to consciously kind of look into ourselves. Like, a, you know, like when you're going to do your MOT in a car to the garage every six months to a year, you check that everything is fine. That's the same thing with us as believers. We have to continually go into this life of repentance as well. The other thing that I mentioned was a radical obedience you know, radical obedience in walking in the ways of the Lord. We have to be obedient to the word that he's saying to us, even when it looks very difficult. And I've been struggling with it for so many years to be obedient to what God said to me. And obviously we have started now our week of prayer and fasting and we have 21 days where we constantly praying and fasting for things that we believe God wants to do in us as a church, but also as individuals. So this lifestyle of prayer, it is so key to see the revival taking place. Now, what we discover over the lock, the lockdown, it's been over 19 days. Can you imagine that? This over three months that we've been in a lockdown and things beginning to ease up a little bit. But what we found out during that time is there's been a call for prayer, an intensified call for prayer. Many believers have begun to pray, especially God has begun to wake up people in the early hours, two, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning to rise up to pray. And I believe that God is preparing 
his people for the outpouring of his spirit upon all nations. So this is what we've been touching on. And I really felt in my spirit to really kind of go into this because I truly believe that revival is coming into this world. And I was very encouraged. We were sharing yesterday on Revelation Hour and I was extremely encouraged um, when we watched a video. I think it was a, a, um, a prayer summit and the Prime Minister Boris Johnson himself you know, on national TV, spoke about his time when he was affected by the coronavirus and heard that people were actually praying for him, that the church was praying for him. And I quote his word. He said clearly, it seemed that that, that these things at work, that prayer at work in his healing. So God is really moving at the moment in the people, especially non-believers, they begin to ask the question. There's a lot of things that I heard over the last few months. People are beginning to ask this question. What is the meaning of life? What am I here for? And I believe God is moving and God is preparing his church for a true revival. So this is what we touch on. Now, what I wanted to begin to look into this morning is to look into the book of Acts chapter 2 the first revival that took place in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Now, many people, many scholars believe that this is the greatest of all time. This is the greatest revival of all time. So, as we turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2, from verse 1 to 42, it says this, there were roughly about 120 disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ that were suddenly immersed by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible speaks that they were all up in the upper room and they were all praying together. They were praying together with one accord. But they were praying after receiving instructions from Jesus himself. Before Jesus went up into heaven, he instructed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, that was a time where persecution was rife. That was a time when they were chasing Christians everywhere because of the word that was spreading through the town that Jesus had just resurrected. So they were seeking for people that were proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ during that time. So the apostle could have just leave and hide anywhere else but they were strictly obedient to what God was saying to them. And God, Jesus, instructing them specifically to wait, not to do anything, to wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know from that moment the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were all transformed, renewed, they were all anointing to preach. Now, the interesting thing about this, it's the timing of it. There was, because of the celebration at that time, they were celebrating the Feast of Weeks. They were actually celebrating what is called also the Festival of First Fruit. So because of that, there was a lot of festival of pilgrimage in Jerusalem. And as a matter of fact, they said that over a million people were attending during that time. So God specifically waits for that time to release the Holy Spirit upon the apostle. So they could go reach out to the lost. When the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they went out 
And the Bible said that as Peter was sharing the word, and I said probably about 20 minutes to 30 minutes, Peter was sharing the word. And the only word I was sharing, he wasn't sharing about prosperity. He wasn't sharing about blessing. All he was sharing was a simple word of salvation. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus because Jesus is risen and Jesus is Lord. And people received that. And during that time, over 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. Now, what it says as well is as we look through the whole book of Acts and look at all the different conversion that was taking place, days after days, more people were added into the church. Days there were hundreds, sometimes there were thousands. But what was taking place was the move of the Holy Spirit activated through this revival. And I truly believe again, and I'm speaking really what the Lord is saying to us, that revival is coming. When soul, people will come to Christ, they will literally run to churches to receive Jesus because of the way God will move into the heart of people. Now, we know that when the Holy Spirit come, it changed people. And we see in the life of Peter, the Peter that was sharing during the book of Acts was very different from the Peter that was lying, that denied Christ three times. Um, the Peter that was not extremely, had not enough wisdom in it. The Peter that was very zealous and we pretty much say things without thinking. That was a very different Peter. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit and he was sharing the word. And many signs and wonders came during revival. And that's one of the things that I want us to look into this morning. The signs and the wonders that come with revival. So we got to look into the spiritual gift. And over the next two weeks during refresh, the theme of refresh is the gift of the spirit. So truly God is going to release his gift so we can move and so people can be saved, so people can testify, but they also can see what God is capable of doing. Now, let's turn to the book of First Corinthians chapter 12. And I want us to turn to verse 1. And he says this, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, Concerning spiritual gift, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul doesn't want us to be ignorant of the spiritual gift. He says here that no one praises the Lord through the power of the devil. If someone says Jesus is cursed, he doesn't have the spirit in him. He isn't speaking by the spirit. So the things that we need to understand here, we declare Jesus as our Lord and Savior because of the Spirit that lives inside of us, because of the Spirit that bear testimony 
to what Jesus has done and who Jesus here. Jesus is Lord because we are led and convicted by the Holy Spirit. This is why we declare, this is why we gave our life to Jesus. Now, the thing about the spiritual gift, we possess the spiritual gift given by the Holy Spirit. But the way the gift of the Spirit is operated differ from each other's life. And there is a difference also between the spiritual gift and the natural talent. You see, natural talent is not the same as a spiritual gift. In the book of James 1.17, it says this, that every spiritual gift, every talent that is good come from God. So the difference between the spiritual gift and the talent is the source of power and the direction of the end result. Why am I saying this? Because I have heard many people mixing a talent with a spiritual gift. And when we're speaking of revival, we are speaking of God operating through the spiritual gift. Now, when does the source of the power come from and we own the result that is from God? A spiritual gift is empowered by the Holy Spirit and the end result is the glory of God. While the talent is not empowered by the Holy Spirit and sometimes the end result is self. A talent can be used for good, can be used for evil. A talent can be used or can be hidden. When we look at the parable of the talent, we have three people be given three different type of talent. And we have three different outcomes. Two of them, the outcome, were able to multiply that talent. But the other one did not multiply this talent. As a matter of fact, he hide his talent. So when we look at talent, it is not empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is a result is have. So we can choose to do with or without. Listen, many people have talent today. As a matter of fact, yesterday we were doing myself, Mecca and, and, and Nike. We were um, in Pastor Zayesha's house and we're doing some um, handiwork. My wife can testify. I am no talent when it comes to handiwork. I'm actually now doing things at home. Um, yesterday, I didn't know where I was. I had no talent. Then come Nick. He's got all the tools and everything. And he sorted out the situation very easily, very quickly. There is people that can organize a team of 20, 30, and non, 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 non. You know, very quickly. I look at my wife, for example. She's very good when it comes to organization. Extremely practical and thorough when it comes to organization. On the other, than, on the other hand, myself, I have a bit of organization, but I can't do it. There are people that are very talented with their hands. Um, there is, you know, somebody just crafted a, a lovely scarf 
for me with just a wool and, and just very knitted very nicely. So people are, they got different talent and different ability. But the end result itself. A spiritual gift is empowered by the Holy Spirit and will only be used as directed by the Holy Spirit. Here, there's no choosing. It's a Holy Spirit choice. Now, a spiritual gift, we often also work through a talent or ability. And that is very important. When we look in the book of First Corinthians chapter 12, it says this in verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Spiritual gift and result is the glory of God. Talent and result is pretty much self. And when we speak of revival, we speak of God using us as tool to bring the gospel, to bring people into the kingdom. So what I wanted to share this morning was the spiritual gift. And I won't, don't want to go too much into it because the Lord has pressed on my heart another word this morning. And like I said, I didn't sleep last night. I wrestled, not wrestled with the word. Wrestled with, I believe that the word is for someone here this morning. One of the things that God says to me, he says to me, I am able. God is able. And I want to share this word this morning. And I want to ask the Lord to continue to, to use his word to touch his, our heart. You see, God has no limits. God has no limits. In all circumstances, God is able. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the call according to His purpose. Ephesians 3.20.21 says this, Now to Him, who is able to do more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in a church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The Lord said to me this morning very clearly, he said, Jean-Marc, I am able. Tell my church I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, or more than all we ask or imagine. He said, tell my church this morning, I am able. You see, I believe God is about to move in the life of each one of us. These 21 days of prayer and fasting that we are currently involved with, I believe there's a measure, measure breakthroughs that I will come out of it. As long as we pray and fast and see God's face and bring the things that we have in our hearts. 
When I look at the different things that God has done in each one of our lives, I know God is able. I know God is able. And I'm going to show you something here. Sorry, can you thank you? He got on mute. That was my son in 2007 when he was born. At that time, we have celebrated his 13th birthday, birthday on the 23rd of June and about a few weeks ago. He turned 13. But during that time, he was born at 25 weeks plus six days. And that was about 13 years ago. Now, you look today, the technology made it more easy for premature children to be born and to be able to have a normal life. Jesse went through all those years without any measure issue. Do you know why? Because God was able, God was able to make sure that even though he was born earlier than he should, God was still able to give him health, to give him strength and to allow him to go through the stages of his childhood without any measure issue. I would say without any issue. Because God is able. That was here during those times we pray, but we lean into the word of God. And I was my friend Holu, if he's here, he was here praying and looking after. We had the whole church praying because the whole church believed that God was able in that sense. That was a few years ago. I was in a car crash. And the side that I most damaged was the side where I was sitting. At the time when I saw the car crashing, my first thing there was, was Lord help me. I didn't say anything else at that time. I just said, Lord help me. Because I didn't have a time for 2,000 prayers. All I had was, Lord help me. My wife mentioned in the morning at that time that she prayed for me during that time. And I came out of this crash without any scratches on my body. I had nothing, none even a scratch on my body. Do you know why? Because God was able. Brothers and sisters, I was going to share a very different word. But the Lord specifically tell me to share this to you this morning. Hebrews 7, 24, 25 says this. Because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. 
When Abraham was 75 years old, his wife Sarah was barren. She couldn't have any children. And she was 65. She was 65 years old. God promised them a son. And 25 years later, Isaac was born. Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old because God was able. Marcia standing here as a testimony also. The doctor told her that she would not have any more children because of removing part of her uterus due to her illness. They said that she would not have any children. But because God is able, she had three children today. And I want to give this word to someone here. There is someone here that the Lord has spoken. He gave me the name. If you hear this morning or if you listen later on, the Lord tell me to tell you that he is able to give you a child. He is able to give you a child. I am not going to mention the name of that person. But the Lord said to tell you that he is able to give you a child. Matthew 9, 28, 30. He says this. When he has gone indoors, and that's Jesus, the blind man, the two, the blind man came to him and he asked him, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they reply. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. God is able. As we put our faith and trust in him, God is able. There is no situation, no problem, no circumstances that God cannot solve. He may at times not deliver you from that situation, but he will take you through it. And God will always be with you. For God is able. I don't know why, but I could not sleep this last night because I believe this word is for each one of us. As we look into our own situation, our own circumstances, our own problems, our own burdens, God wants us to remember this season that we're in. God is about to do excellently, abundantly, above what we can think, imagine. Because he says again, God is able. Daniel 3, 17, 18 says this. That's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were refusing to worship the king Nebuchadnezzar. And because of that, the king was furious. And threaten them to throw them into a furnace. As he threw them into a furnace, this is what they said. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. The God that we serve, it is not a puppet. 
the God that we serve is the almighty God. The almighty one. The one that who created the universe. The one that aligned all the stars. The one that positioned the earth at the perfect distance from the suns. Do you know that if the earth was positioned even a meter closer to the sun, we would burn. Or further to the sun, we will froze. But God positioned this earth perfectly. The Bible said in the book of Genesis that God created the earth and the heaven. That God created everything inside the earth. And then when he created the plants, the food, the animals, the vegetation, everything, then he created man. And he placed man in a perfect environment. And God said it was good. God is able. God is able and he's going to release his power. Listen, I do not know what situation you are going through at the moment. But we do know that many of us are going through different situations. When you look at the world is panning at the moment. You know, the crisis has come in, the financial crisis, people are losing their jobs. And you may be fearful of losing your jobs. You may be fearful in relation to your health. You may be fearful in any other thing. But God this morning said, He is able. There's so many other testimonies that God has testified in my life. And I'm at the perfect testimony here. I'm standing in here right in front of you because what God is doing. So God is going to release measure breakthroughs in each other's life. Second Timothy 1 11 12 says this. And of this gospel, I was appointed an era and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet, this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I am entrusted to him until that day. I have that simple word this morning. I have prepared my words. I have ready the word. And then the Lord said, tell my church, I am able. During this time of prayer and fasting, I want to encourage us to really seek his face. To really bring every burden of God, every burden that we have in our heart. If it is a final shoe, a burden that you have, bringing it before the Lord. If it is, um, as we said, a job situation, maybe you're looking for work. I, listen, I haven't really spent a lot of time with many people, so I don't know what situation people are going through. But I sense him in my spirit to speak about this this morning, to speak about those who are looking for work this morning. And I'm prophesying this morning that God said, I am able. 
The Bible said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God says this. Without faith, you can do nothing. So God said, I am able as long as you believe. As long as you believe, I am able. And God will do what he says he will. So those who are looking for work, let me tell you something this morning. God is able. Those who are, this, don't know whether there's somebody either here or later, and I'm sharing this word, I have the name of this person, I don't want to share it. The Lord tell me to tell you here, that he is able, and he will give you a child. He will give you a child because he is able. God will be glorified. God is going to be glorified only. The Bible said every knee will buy and confess that Jesus is the Lord. And that's what's going to happen. Revival is coming. And God is going to create an atmosphere for people to receive him as the Lord and Savior. God is going to touch every heart. God is able to turn every heart which is against God for God. For those who be praying for their loved ones to give their life to Christ for years. The Lord just tell me to tell you, I am able. So God is able. Oh, the more I pray, the more I speak, I can see God's miracles. I can see God's breakthroughs. And like I said this morning, it is a very simple word. But God says this. He's stable. He's done it for Shadrach, Abednego, and Meshach. He's done it for Daniel. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And listen, those lions were extremely hungry. They were ready for him. Ready to pounce on him. And to hit him alive. But where the king came. He saw Daniel there. Still alive. Not only Daniel was alive. But he was well. Not a scratch. Because God is able. I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for those. Who are wanted. To see God's move in their life. If it is you. I want you to just raise your hand, use the chat and put your name on. Raise your hand and I want to pray with you. Because I truly believe God wants to move this morning. He wants to move over the next week or two weeks. We're in the middle of those 21 days of prayer and fasting. And many of us are going to experience a great move of God. A great move of God. And I'm talking about breakthrough. If it's you, put your hand. I can see the hands here. Rise your hand on the chart so I can see you. For God is able. Lord, I thank you. As I agree with those who raised their hand this morning. Lord, your word says, I am able. Your word says, I am able. Lord, Daniel wasn't a lion then. Abraham was 100 years old, Lord. Shadrach, Mesha, and Abednego was in a furnace. And Lord, still, 
you were able to deliver them from that situation because you are able to do anything. And Lord, I bring those who raised their hand this morning and I pray indeed that whatever situation they're in, whatever burden, whatever problem, Father, Lord, I thank you for opening the door for the breakthrough to come out of it. I thank you, Father, for those who continue to seek your face, Lord. Lord, that you would bring jobs, you would bring opening, you would bring, um, you would break every bondage, Lord. Every stronghold, you will break it in the name of Jesus because you are able. Nothing is impossible for you, Lord. And Lord, I commit the church into your hand. And I thank you, Lord, for the work that you have begun, the work that you are doing and what you are about to do in this church. Pastor Mecca, Pastor Nicholas, I just had a word for you. In relation to Medway. The Lord tell me to tell you. Even so. You have been thinking for the church. To be having an hundred soul. To be added to the kingdom. The Lord tell me to tell you. To see bigger. To see wider. Because he's able. The Lord asked me to tell you. To see bigger. To see wider. Because the Lord is able. And he is going to give you every tools, every doors, everything that is necessary for soul to be added into this church. Because he said to you guys, I am able. I will use you as my light into midway. You have called me and you have asked me for an hundred soul to be added to the kingdom. But I'm telling you, ask me more. Because I'm going to do what I said I will do, says the Lord. Father, we thank you so much this morning. Your word said, indeed, as you said here, that you are able to do abundantly more than we all ask and imagine according to your power that is at work within us. So Lord, use us. To be the light in your kingdom. Use us to be the light in your workplace. Use us to be the light in our community. Use us to be the light in our family. And thank you, Lord, for we know that you are able in Jesus' name. Amen.